0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and those who don't identify as either, you are listening to Ratchet and Respectable. Y'all, I have had a day, a good day, but a day nonetheless. Last time we spoke was Tuesday, and I was headed to the airport the next morning to go to Cape Town. So I've been here for three days. I know I haven't posted. Well, I just posted, like, the adventures of day three. I haven't even done day one and day two. But I've been in mostly wine country, the Winelands, as they call them here, drinking wine, gallivanting, looking at art and, and the best, most beautiful views of mountains and, and greenery lands that I've ever seen in my life. Like, just it's really, really, really beautiful. They're also starkly white in a way that's like so white, it's uncomfortable. I've been to other places in Africa several times where I'm the only black person at a venue who's not working there. But there's something about Cape Town that's even more starkly white than, you know, even the Elephant Reserve in Ghana or the safaris in, you know, Masai Mara or or Kruger. It's just, it's like aggressively white. And everyone was very lovely. I didn't feel any racism per se. It was just like, I'm out all day and the only other Black people I see are the tour guide who was with me And then the people that are working there, I'm like, there's like nobody else black. And then the hotels I was staying at, like just me, I was like, this shit is weird. It's one thing for it to happen in America. It's another in Africa. I'm just like, where all the black people go? Had a good time. Just was happy to see black folks today. So I did the Winelands for two days. I did Stellenbosch. And then I did the wine train, which is a little further out. I can't pronounce the name of that town to save my life. You know I can't pronounce shit. I really can't pronounce foreign shit. But I did the wine train. We went to like four or five vineyards in a day. If I don't drink wine for like another three days, like I'm good money. I'm actually over wine right now. I just need to like, I don't know, cleanse my liver. But I left like the very, very white wine lens earlier today. I got up super early this morning, actually in hopes to rep- to record the podcast. So I wouldn't be doing it late like I am right now. But the power was off. Cape Town also has load shedding and I didn't bring my UPS with me, like my, my gigantic battery pack because it's like eight pounds and I didn't want to carry it in my suitcase. So I didn't have a backup energy supply, so I couldn't record. So womp, womp. Got dressed earlier than expected and I went out in my neighborhood and I wandered around. Just to do like a little window shopping or shopping, shopping, or maybe grab a coffee or something. But I was walking up and down the street and I was like, yo, it's a white ass fuck. Like literally no black people outside. And I was like, this is just weird. So I left that part of the Winelands and I drove an hour closer back to Central Cape Town to a place called Lenga. Lenga is... I don't know if it's comparable in any other way than it's also a township, and I'm just going to name the one that most people in America know. So it's, it's kind of like Soweto. Um, it's the closest township, central Cape Town. It's literally between the airport and central Cape Town, like where you would go to if you've been to Cape Town, like where you would go to Table Mountain or... Um, the V&A waterfront or something like that. But it's like dead smack in the middle. It's very centrally located. Um, But if you're not familiar with what I mean when I say township, in South Africa, in say central Cape Town and other major cities, Johannesburg and, and Durban included, Black people weren't allowed to live or be in the central business districts, like where the white people with money lived and worked, unless they were working there. Under apartheid, they actually had to carry passes that allowed them to be in certain parts of town and at certain times. As the Black people were not allowed to live in the central cities, they had to be close to them because they worked to serve the white people, so they had to be close by. So you got your central towns, and then you've got your Black people living in very poor neighborhoods nearby, just close enough to service the white folks. Black people and colored as well, but usually not mixed together. They usually weren't mixy, though. They kept black and colored as, as separate groups. They weren't encouraged to co-mingle. But yeah, so township. If we were in Brazil, we'd be calling it a favela. If we were in America, we'd probably be calling it a ghetto. In general, I don't like to do what I call quote and unquote poverty porn. I've been to the favelas in in Brazil, but in general, I kind of make it a habit not to go to the poorer parts of a city when I go to visit them only because like, I don't go to the hood at home. And my idea of a vacation is not walking around looking at people who don't have a lot of money. If I want to feel thankful for the things that I have in my life. I don't need to go look at someone who has less in order to feel that. And then I also just feel like it's weird, like, you know, walking around as a tour, an overpriced tour, usually, to, like, look at people who I've just spent, if you're employed even, I've just spent your monthly salary to walk around your neighborhood and look at you. And usually they encourage you to take pictures and stuff. And I'm like, I don't I don't need to take pictures of people living in You see me struggling to use my words because I just want to make sure that I'm not using rude or exploitive language. Um, And I also don't want to diminish the quality of life of people who are doing the best that they can. But I'll say this. I'm actually glad I did it. It's not something I typically would have signed up for. My latest excursion to Cape Town, at least the first part of it, is with a travel group. I usually plan my own excursions. I actually prefer it, to be quite honest. But I connected with this group and they suggested a list of things that I should do that not necessarily out of my comfort zone, but not necessarily something I would have thought to do on my own. I might have gone out to the vineyards. Like I went to one with my mom that's right outside the city. But to go further than that, like it's probably not something I would have done. And they were like, oh, no, there's much to see. You should go. I appreciated that they were like, "Okay, here, let's do this very ritzy thing. But also, we want you to see, you know, the way black folks are living in the townships. Because people come to Cape Town and it's super, super white. And you would come to Cape Town and you would genuinely think that no black people really live here other than the people that work in the tourism industry or the service industry. And they were like, no, there's there's black people here. We have black professionals. Come see them. And they're primarily in townships. And I was like, wait. I thought the townships were just like everybody poor. And they were like, no, the townships are everybody, everybody. There's some very poor. There's some middle class brick houses, two cars, manicured lawns. Um, But there's also people who are stealing electricity and water. People who you walk out your front door and there is open sewage, literally just sitting across the road. All of those exist in one township. So this morning I woke up in this very, very, very starkly, uncomfortably white place. Um, and then I drove an hour away to like everybody's black and like, I'm the, I'm colored. <laughs> Don't do some mind fuck. In my head, I'm walking around as a black woman, but to everyone, you know, who's from there, I'm walking around. as like, what's this colored girl doing in the township? And I was like, Oh God, here we go. Um, but it was really interesting. Met some dope people, met some amazing artists, amazing art galleries, cute restaurants. Had no idea any of this stuff existed in the township. All sorts of different types of housing I just described for you, like, you know, like a classic middle-class type situation, but there's also townhouses. There's also some, like, some really, like, fucked-up situations. Everybody got a satellite dish. Everybody got power, too. It might not be legal, but everybody got it. Everybody got running water. It might not be in your house. There's a space where you can get water. But satellites, every single house out there had a satellite. And, um, what is it called? The sun rays, Will you convert the energy from the sun to electric. The name of it escapes me in this moment, but all the houses had that too. So they powered up and they watch him TV. They watch everything that we watch. We were walking through the neighborhood. What's that song? Wee! Is that Jeremiah? Find some place to be. I sound better than him. Don't make fun of my voice. I think it's Jeremiah. Whoever it is, it came on and it's me. My guy who's from South Africa, for, but not from the, the township we were in. And then the guy from the township who was giving a tour. And we all hit the wee. And everything we're watching on Netflix, they're watching out here. What is going on on your side of the world? Other than your ex-president, I don't claim him. Your, your ex-president got indicted. He was telling people two weeks ago that they were trying to indict him. They were trying to arrest him and take him to jail. We thought at the time, we were like, oh, you're just making up shit. because You're trying to get campaign donations. Like, what you scamming for now, sir? Turns out he did have good intel about the indictment, at least. It just happened later than his source said. But apparently your president, your ex-president, has to turn himself into the authorities. Was it Tuesday? I am waiting with breath that is baited. I'm reading this on The Guardian, just because I don't trust American news on this. But The Guardian says a grand jury has voted to indict Donald Trump in New York. Over a hush money payment made to the adult film star Stormy Daniels during the 2016 election. Yeah, if I was a man, <laughs> thank God I'm not. Women be men's downfall. And not even on something like, oh, a woman tried to get you caught up. As in, you did some stupid shit over a woman and got yourself caught up. Apparently he used campaign funds, 130000 USD. Because she was going to come out and talk about what happened with her and the president. And they paid her money to shut up. The story is still out there, though. But apparently Trump paid her 130000 USD dollars and dineros to keep her mouth shut. The story still came out. And now his ass indicted. The Guardian notes that, quote, no former U.S. president has ever been criminally indicted. You know what else no former U.S. president has been? Twice impeached. And this man still got the nerve to run for office. This is why I tell people, because women be up for something and be like, you know what, I'm not qualified. There's like five qualifications and I only meet four of them. And so I'm just going to finish and I'm going to meet the fifth qualification and then I'm going to try. This motherfucker, two impeachments and now an indictment, ain't pulled out of no kind of election. It's still running. It it is one of the forerunners for the next presidential election. Really? And they're going to vote for his ass too. His, his little supporters, they give two fucks. The man tried to do a coup on the U.S. government It still is running for office. The man told the American public to inject bleach to get rid of COVID. Still running for office. Gets you the audacity of a white man pretending to be rich. It's unrivaled, unparalleled. It's amazing. I'm in awe of his audacity. So according to The Guardian, still, Trump is expected to appear in court for his arraignment on Tuesday. At that point, he will enter a plea on the charges. New York's police, all of them, every single one of them have been told to report for duty on Friday and be prepared for unusual disorder. This is according to a memo seen by NBC. The Guardian does note because this was something that was important to me. I was like, would there be visuals? Are we going to see him handcuffed? Are they going to do like a perp walk with Trump? Because I've been waiting on this. We all been waiting on this for a really long time. I need visuals. I'm talking about this like it's a Beyonce album. I need visuals. The Guardian notes it's unclear whether Trump will be handcuffed at his appearance. But he will be fingerprinted, photographed, and processed for a felony arrest. So he will have a mugshot. I wonder what color his hair is going to be. I wonder what color he's going to be. Now, just because we are a fair podcast, we are talking about the indictment. I also think it's important for us to mention that though we do believe that Trump is guilty as fuck, he says that he is not. He says that this is a political persecution. He says this is a witch hunt that will backfire massively. He says that our movement, I don't know if he's talking about the Republicans or the people that follow him. I'm not really sure who our is. He says, our movement and our party. I guess that's the Republican. He says, they are united and strong, and they will defeat Joe Biden. Sir, you worried about Joe Biden and winning this election. I need to be worried about your indictments. You are being charged with a felony. You are being arrested. You are facing jail. You sit up here worried about winning an election, Worry about your freedom, sir. Some of your friends that were involved in these shenanigans, I've already served time. You worried about winning an election, sir? Worry about freedom. Stormy Daniels, they asked her, they said, how do you feel about Trump? Still reading this on The Guardian. They've been thorough. They said Stormy Daniels celebrated news of the indictment. She tweeted, thank you to everyone for your support and love. I have so many messages coming in that I can't respond. Also, don't want to spill my champagne. What else is going on? Oh, we do have clarity on that Beyonce line with Balmain. It came out right after I um. Uh, it came out right after I posted last week's podcast. So apparently, the head designer for Balmain, which he's black by the way, he said that his uh his Beyonce designs. He said his Beyonce designs. His Mama Tina posted this. He said his Beyonce designs are just a one off. He said, "quote This collection, this Balmain times Beyonce collection." will not be put on sale. I didn't think the actual collection would, because I think it's very expensive for, you know, Balmain, but I would I thought maybe they'd do like a I don't know. Like a less fancy, less pricier version that's more accessible to the masses, but no. Balmain said, I don't want anyone to wear it except her. This is the decision of the Balmain house and its artistic direction. I'm not interested in it being on red carpet. I don't care about its visibility. It won't be sold to other customers. It's a collection for her. It's a sharing. It's a love letter. Not that I was ever going to buy anything, but I'm like sad that it's not being released. But also I feel like that letter was just like really sweet. And he was like, no, y'all can't have it. Bye. Oh, as I'm sitting here recording, I'm at the hotel. My power just went out. I don't know how long it's out for. It's 10.09. My battery's at 97%. Hopefully, I'll be able to charge. Oh, boom. We just came back on a generator. Woohoo. Power restored. Oh, my God. What else is going on? Trump, Beyonce. There was something else. Some other good black news. Oh, Gail. Gail. We we talked last week about how Gail was headed to CNN. You know, they're talking about paying good Gail. 12 million American USD dollars and dineros. On top of what she's making, hosting CBS in the morning. But here's the kicker. Here's the kicker. Gail's working one hour a week for CNN. One hour. She has a show. She's gonna have a show for one hour. I think it's on Saturdays. At CNN, twelve million USD dollars and dineros. Is it too late for me to go into broadcast journalism? Because print ain't paying like that. Even writing books. Even TV. They not paying one hour of work a week for $12 She doing like OnlyFans numbers. Speaking of OnlyFans, y'all been following this story with Angela White, formerly known as Black China? It's everywhere. It's not really the type of fair I usually cover on here, so I haven't mentioned it. But she just popped up on Tamron Hall to talk about her new change in life. Apparently she's found Jesus and she's removed her breast and booty implants and she got the fillers taken out of her face and she's been dressing more conservatively. She's saying that she's turned over a new leaf. She also quit her OnlyFans reportedly, which I was like, is this for real? Did this come from OnlyFans? She's made 240 million USD dollars and dineros. And I was like, if I had 240 million, like yeah I quit too. 240 million you really ain't gotta do shit ever again like you can live really well and and not do shit and be fine so i totally get why she quit that i'm like why am i clapping my ass for y'all like i got enough money i ain't gotta clap my ass no more she got two kids they can't run through that unless you have drugs gambling she's a woman who dates men so she ain't gonna blow it all on men she'll be fine I just think it's very interesting. And I look, and I and I say this with all the joy in the world for her. She seems very happy. She seems content. When I've seen pictures of her recently, she has an inner light. She seems to be glowing. So good for her. Um I just think it's really interesting that I don't know, I've seen all these posts. So just to be clear what I'm saying is not a critique of Black China. It's a critique of the reaction to Black China. I don't want to criticize a woman who's trying to like, you know, do well for herself. I see all these people praising her. And welcoming her to Christianity or welcoming her to being opposite of what she was previously, because she didn't really have like the best of reputations. And I was like, you know, I'm glad she's made the changes that she's made for herself. I think she's cute. I think she was I thought she was cute before. She's a pretty girl. She looks less enhanced now. I'm not sure if she took everything out or she just calmed it down, whatever. That's her body, her business. But I just really feel like You know, people are embracing her now and people are like hella cool with her now, which is good. But I was like, she was worthy of all that, even with the injections and the fillers. Even with the tight dresses or the skimpy dresses or the short dresses or even with an OnlyFans account. Like she was still worthy of, you know, Christian love because all these Christians are pouring out to her now because, you know, she's changed the way that she dresses and She's removed her bumps and lumps and curves and all of those things. And I was like, she was still worthy of of your acceptance and your love and your kind words and good feelings and all of that. Like, even with, you know, a big with big titties and big ass and, and fillers in her face, she was still worthy of that. She's made a decision to change, and and that's great, good for her. If she ever wakes up one day and decides to change back, she's still worthy and good, and she's still she's still worthy of of love and appreciation and and good words and kindness and and nice thoughts. Like even in a short dress, even in a tight dress, even in thought wear, even on a pole, even on OnlyFans, like she's she's still worthy of, of nice treatment. So I'm happy people are being really nice to her now, and people are you know showing some kindness for her. I also know that just because you know a woman as a woman, just you know as a woman you know living as a woman, she she makes one wrong fashion choice, Sierra. She makes one quote and unquote wrong comment that people don't feel is aligned with her her new presentation. Aisha Curry, it's, it's all downhill from there. I hate to be cynical. I'm just being honest. We've seen it 50 million times. I really want to talk about the most recent episode of Snowfall. And it's really that last eight seconds of the show. It's not a spoiler. Louis and Franklin been beefing the whole season. If you're caught up on Snowfall, then you know they've been at each other's throats. The, The big thing that happened a couple weeks ago didn't change that. But Louis tells, but Franklin goes to Louis and you know basically is like, yeah, all these things have happened, but you made me a promise and you, I need to hold you to it. And Louis is like in a really precarious position at the moment, and and it's really like, yo, like you're the devil. She tells him that to his face, like she was like, you are the devil. And you know, most people would be like, "How dare you call me a devil, Franklin?" Like, he, it's the best eight seconds of Damson Idris's, and I think he's a great actor. It is the best eight seconds of Damson Idris's entire acting career. But she was like, "You're the damn devil," and he was like, mm. "He go, like his face goes through all these contortions. Like it's about to full CGI, and some horns are going to pop out his head." And he was like, "Yeah, like yeah." I was like, somebody just called you the devil and you were just like, yeah, you okay? You you got, points were made. Like, you're not even trying to fight it anymore. We got three episodes of Snowfall left. This Negro is about to go crazy. Crazier than brick by brick. Crazier than bodies, bodies, bodies. Crazier than last episode when he fell out the bed because he was having dreams and shit. Wish that lady gonna leave him any day now, just FYI. Also, also, I've been reading, and and the actress posted it, Gail Bean. The woman who plays Wanda, hell of an actress. I've been seeing news that she is in talks with FX to do a spinoff of Snowfall based on Wanda. And I was like, I know they're not going to do a spinoff of Wanda working at the shelter. That's not going to be what the show is about. I've been saying forever, I think Leon's going to die. That's not a spoiler. I've seen the same amount of episodes that everyone else has seen. I have thought all of this time that Wanda was probably going to end up hooked back on crack after Leon dies. Her getting a spinoff, FX is definitely not doing a whole series about a woman addicted to crack. They're also not doing a whole series about a woman working in a homeless shelter in 80s crack era L.A. My prediction, Leon gets killed, Wanda takes over the crack business and becomes the equivalent of Big Mo on your honor. I think there's going to be a spinoff with Wanda taking over the drug business. It might be Wanda and Sissy fucking around to find out. I think Sissy makes it. I'm convinced Leon doesn't. I think Louis goes to jail. We'll see. I need to talk about your boy. I can't claim him no more. I can't claim him. I tried. Y'all know I did. I I tried not to say anything about Jonathan Majors. I tried to give him the benefit of the doubt. The story about him allegedly assaulting, slapping, strangling his girlfriend broke last Saturday. I woke up Sunday morning. I had turned my notifications on my phone for something else. I woke up Sunday morning. My phone was literally hot. I had so many text messages and so many notifications on social media. Like, literally, my phone was hot in the bed. Y'all folks could have killed me, just FYI. We already talked about what happened. Everyone, their mother has been talking about what happened. His lawyer came out immediately and said, he didn't do this. My client is innocent. She's like, I have two written statements from the woman in question recanting what she told police. She also said, I have video from from a taxi that they were in that will prove his innocence. I also have statements from the cab driver that will also prove my client's innocence for maybe like the first 12 hours that this story broke. Everyone was going crazy. Oh my God. Did Jonathan majors do this? Oh my God. These are the accusations. Oh my God. This is crazy. This is crazy. His would look like a team. I thought it was at least a lawyer and a crisis publicist working in tandem to quote and unquote fix this shit. I also said on last episode when I talked about this. When I talked about this situation. I said just because the lawyer says it exists. Don't mean it exists. Literally your job as a lawyer is to get your client off. Whether the client is innocent or guilty. Your job as a defense attorney is to protect and clear your client. So I was like you know this is what the lawyer says. Like I hope there's some truth to it. But let's wait and see. I thought. There were some professionals in the room. The swiftness of the statements from the lawyer, the swiftness of we have this information and it spread everywhere real quickly. I was like, oh, there is a media team on this. There is a crisis PR team on this. Marvel must be involved. That was the running joke. They dropping Marvel and Disney checks because all this has happened on a Sunday. That ain't no newbie money check. Like that's big checks. That's lines of credit being opened. The banks aren't open. How is this money being transferred so quickly? Retainer fees have been paid because folks have gone to work. There was a running joke. Like, oh, okay, like he's a big money, he's a big A-list star. He's got big A-list professionals covering his ass. Everyone was very impressed with his team last Sunday. This today. Friday. Thursday, his lawyer released the text messages. I think those text messages were supposed to be the two written statements recanting I hope there's something else because them text messages ain't it but I think that's what she was referring to and I was like ma'am your judgment is bad your judgment is in question she released these text messages I believe to TMZ because when you go on the TMZ site TMZ is like yeah we spoke to the lawyer and she said TMZ is not crediting anybody else with breaking the text messages I think they had them first and I was like you got an A-list client and you release this shit to TMZ And I'm not mad at TMZ. I mean, news travels quickly, but TMZ, I would have thought y'all would have gone to like, I don't know, People, Hollywood Reporter, Deadline, like one of the more credible sites. TMZ be accurate, but I don't know if TMZ is necessarily considered credible. But she released these text messages to TMZ and I was like, sis, did you read this shit first? Did you mean to keep in all parts of these messages? Because some of this shit is damning as hell. Overall, above everything else, the text messages, they sound like they were written by somebody in distress. The woman sounds like a classic law and order storyline abused woman. She sounds like a very classic DV victim. I feel like if she took a test about intimate partner violence, I feel like she would get like a 12 out of 12. Like, ma'am, you are being abused. Everybody who knows just a little bit about abuse. I'm not even talking about people that have been abused. I'm not talking about people who studied abuse. I'm talking about people who just watch a little bit of Law and Order or Lifetime. Everything she wrote in these texts sound like a classic abused woman. No variation, no nuance, just a classic abused woman. That's just overall. There's two things that stood out to me in this. And again, the lawyer put these text messages out. The the woman is writing these long texts to Jonathan Majors. The lawyer said that these are texts that she sent hours after the incident happened. She said they, I believe she's referring to the police, said they had to arrest you as protocol, quote, when they saw the injuries on me and they knew we had a fight. So she's acknowledging when they saw the injuries on me. Like you're confirming you had injuries. The question is, how did she get them? And then she says, they knew we had a fight. Heavily implied, I got the injuries from this fight. Why would you put this shit out to the public? Before these text messages came out, people were in a holding pattern like, let's see. Let's see. Let's see how this plays out. Let's see. People really liked him. People don't really know her. There's the history of like the white woman making false accusations against black men. That was playing in his favor people really genuinely liked the persona that he put forth so people were like let's hold let's give him the benefit of the doubt people saw these text messages I'm like oh he did that shit he did that shit there's another line in here that grabbed me i only just got out of ho- of hos- i only just got out of hospital that sounds like she has been in there a long time we know she had injuries because she said when they saw the injuries on me how fucking long were you in the hospital And what were the injuries on you that you were in there all day? Some people speculated. They said, I think she was in the hospital for a psychiatric hold. Maybe she was there 24 hours, 72 hours. Again, the lawyer says that these text messages were sent hours after the incident. She's saying, I only just got out of hospital. She wasn't there for a 24-hour hold. Was she there for any kind of hold? Could be, but it wasn't a 24-hour hold. She says, I love you. He doesn't respond. He could have picked up the phone and called. The first message she sent is today at 6 p.m. The next message she sent is 9.32. She says a lot of things. She denies he strangled her. That doesn't explain the injuries. There's something else she says in here about collapsing. Let me read this real quick. They just called to check on me, and I reiterated how this was not an attack, and they do not have my blessing on any charges being placed. I read the paper they gave me about strangulation, I said, point blank, this did not occur and should be removed immediately. I know you have the best team and there's nothing to worry about. I just want you to know that I'm doing all I can on my end. There's such desperation in this. You just got out of the hospital with a bunch of injuries. but She's telling this man in so many words, I'm going to fix this. I'm doing all I can to fix this. I'm going to fix this. I hope he called the lady back when she said, I love you. And he didn't just leave her on read. And not because I want them to be together. I'm just like, you just got your ass beat. you telling the man I love you. you trying to fix all this stuff. And he not even giving you no kind of response. Like, lady, lady. Reading these messages, it sounds like she's very deep in a DV situation. I'm like, I don't know what the lawyer was thinking when she put this out. How do you have such a blind spot that you don't look at these messages? The lawyer saw these messages and she's focusing on the part that she says, I told them it was my fault. I told them you didn't strangle me. Everybody else is reading this like, yo, she sounds like a classic DV victim. Also, this is the part I was talking about. She said, um, I also said to tell the judge to know the origin of the call was to do with me collapsing and passing out. Ma'am, why were you collapsing and passing out? It's alleged that they were out drinking. They were at a bar. So maybe she had too much to drink. Maybe she tripped and fell and bust her head. You're talking about collapsing and passing out. While the world thinks that the person, while the world thinks that your partner has beaten you and his lawyer puts this out thinking that this is going to clear you. A man, th- a man who, a man who, a man who is under suspicion of beating a woman and then the woman has text messages talking about collapsing and passing out and, and they, I believe the police saw injuries on me. What the fuck? How did you think this was going to help your client? Now, maybe the lawyer has has some legal strategy going on here and maybe they're trying to paint the woman as is um, crazy or as an unreliable witness because, you know, she said one thing to the police and now she's saying something different in the text messages. Maybe that's the goal here. I understand that there's what happens legally and then there's what happens in the court of public opinion. Jonathan Majors needs to be working on both. He go fuck around a Nate Parker situation real quick. Nate Parker had that incident from when he was in college and he didn't handle it right 20 some odd years later. Nate Parker was charged. There was a case. Was he found not guilty or was he acquitted? He didn't go to jail. He wasn't found guilty and he didn't go to jail. When the story of what Nate Parker did when he was in college, allegedly raping, raping a student, the story comes up 25 years later and Nate Parker fumbles completely fumbles the PR for it. So, with Jonathan Majors, his lawyer strategy, whatever strategy this is, I can't see it right now, but maybe there's a long game here. Her strategy, the ultimate goal of it, is to get these charges dropped and if not, to keep her client out of jail. Understood. There's also a PR strategy that needs to happen that clearly the lawyer isn't thinking about cuz Like I said, tons of people were like, well, I don't know. I don't know. Let's see. That's the benefit of the doubt. And then these text messages were released and people were like, oh, hell no. He did that shit. She got injury. She's collapsed and passing out. She sounds like this. She sounds like a classic battered woman. He did that shit and he's been doing that shit. He's a monster. The lawyer never should have released this. And I was like, wait, what happened to the strategy from earlier this week? I mean, literally on Sunday. Everyone was praising like, oh, the lawyer, there must be a crisis PR, Marvel money, like the professionals are doing their job. And here we are Friday and it is bungled, bungled. Jonathan Majors is not just dealing with a legal issue. If he wants to keep these big money contracts, he gonna have to do something better for the court of public opinion because this ain't it. If the lawyer thinks that these are the kind of statements that absolve her client, I pray these were not the two witness statements. She said, Oh, the the woman in question, she recanted. We have two witness statements. This better not be what she was referring to. I don't trust the lady judgment. Now, if you thought this was clearing somebody, what is on that video? Is that really clearing him or is it making it worse? What is this taxi driver talking about? Is that really clearing him or is it making it worse? Ma'am, you've demonstrated bad judgment. You you're unreliable. If I was Jonathan Majors, I'd have to fire this woman so fast. It sound like he did that shit. I'm going to hold out. I'm going to hold out for the video and the witness statement. But if whatever comes next doesn't definitively clear him, I'm going to have to throw old boy under the bus where it seems like he belongs. I really don't want to get on the podcast and do a whole dragging episode about a black man fucking up. But if a black man is fucking up, then it is what it is. Bruh. I want it better for you. But more than anything, I want you to not be beaten women. And it sounds like that's what you do. All right. I'm going to edit. I'll talk to y'all next week. I won't be back in Johannesburg. I'll still be in Cape Town. Enjoy your weekend. All right. Bye.